Hi, for a grain of salt mag, this is the cold that remains. Michigan is a chilly state that appears to run on the extreme climate scales common to the regions beyond the West, a temperature range I've never been used to. Returning home from a year at a small Midwest Christian college felt violent. I was lost. An astronaut crash-landed and returned back to Earth. My face seemed to maintain a sense of stunted youth when I was reunited with my friends, young adults who had attended public colleges and lived lives that were rebelliously appropriate for our age. They spent their time at their colleges dancing, drinking, and receiving a non-religious education, while I spent the second semester experiencing Christian cabin fever, questioning if this would have to be the rest of my life. A chilly, childish chastity. While COVID-19 has created a similar disconnect with many who were completely trapped at home for over a year, I want to face the state that lingers past any pandemic, the stagnation of queer youth within the church. Religion and queerness have been perceived as vinegar and oil by the broader world because of the idea that they don't mix. But luckily for me, in my life, the two make the world's shittiest salad, something comparable to a closeted coleslaw or maybe a celibacy caprice. Ignoring the fact that Protestant religions can really be so incredibly gay, I mean, why do you care so much about a dude you never met? Are you, like, obsessed? (laughs) For most people, it is a straightforward equation that being born in the church and being born queer equals some form of angst, confusion, or misery. In the Bible, homosexuality is mentioned by name, debatably, one time and discussed in six specific verses. Genesis 19.5 Leviticus 18:22 and 20:13, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10, 1 Timothy 1:10 and Romans 1:26 through 27. While the exact intent behind the meanings of these verses can be debated, ultimately what impacts the LGBTQ+ community more is how they are perceived and what they are commonly used for. So, tragically, despite any intent, did you know it's really just a handful of words which have hatched the policies and sentiment that ultimately dismembers the chance of happiness for queer people everywhere? And despite changes from how churches outreach and preach, within the very doctrines that frame the foundation of their belief lies ideas that actively condemn and harm those who exist beyond the cishet binary. While they are definitely accepting religions towards the idea of LGBTQ plus rights and queerness in general, I and many others are not a part of these organizations. It's difficult to just exist in these spaces, even while closeted, with the underlying reminder that there are constantly people surrounding you who wouldn't agree with what you are and who may harm you because of it. Also, a quick note, hear me out. Sometimes your friends stuck in their colleges aren't asking for advice. I mean, we've all thought of plans to get out, but instead are looking for a chance to scream into infinity, an act of a fruitless fight back at the situation. The college years are labeled the time of experimentation. It's an era of milestones and markings of growth from new experiences to reach a better understanding of one's identity. However, many of these token moments are taken from queer youth everywhere, often causing a delay in life experience and perceived growth. How do you experiment, start relationships, or change yourself when it is all viewed as a sin? While it is not impossible to do any of these things, it is emotionally difficult and, quite honestly, risky when considering what may be on the line if exposed or brought to shame. In the world of small Christian denominations, it is hard to tell if the queer kids get a happy ending. 
The only elders I know are the ones in our church. I and many of my fellow LGBTQ plus peers haven't met an out queer person in the church who isn't older than 20, making it nearly impossible to imagine what a life in adulthood is supposed to look like. In a dorm room, I hear my similarly closeted friend tell me something that stains my brain. Gay people seem kind of fake. Hmm. After returning home and starting to put this piece together, I followed up on the idea and I asked for them to explain it. They said, Gay people seem fake because of my lack of exposure to queer people and normalized queer relationships. For years, the only place I interacted with queer people was on Tumblr and other fandom spaces, which seemed to exist separately from my day-to-day -day reality. I couldn't acknowledge the queer people I met online as real because it meant acknowledging the way I interacted with my own sexuality and gender online as real. Trying to understand how to navigate your own identity as a young queer person in this religious environment is confusing, because there's rarely a figure to look up to. What is the outcome supposed to look like other than the martyr complex palatable gaze? Uh, for you non-churchgoers, think palatable like Pete Buttigieg and gay martyr like acceptability politics, or a hushed story told by church parents of disappointment. There's a serious harm in having a lack of a community, and while many of these spaces can be located online, the absence of a real-life support presence can be isolating and have lasting damage. As the rise of LGBTQ plus discourse on social media sites everywhere has proven, there's a serious difference between interacting with queer people through the internet versus it having a physical part of your life. I'd feel like a liar to say there's a lesson to all of this, or even a decent conclusion. Each year that I've existed, because I have not truly lived, in this environment, I can feel myself eroding as a person. Perhaps it's the pressure of repression, taking whatever I'm made up of and condensing it into a hardened lump of coal, or maybe it's the jealousy, the frustration of living as a statue and watching people you grew up with, People who look just like you, just going through each day meeting all of the appropriate expectations that come with aging without ever having to question once that life could look like anything else. Witnessing paired off couples and the lack of weight their relationship carries. Seeing people live casually, tenderly, without a sense of upheld diligence. These are worlds inhabited with people who are made to live in them where their biggest disappointment to others would never have to involve who they are and how they love. Look, I'm a bitter person. I hate it because I cannot have it, yet I covet it at the same time. Ultimately, I recognize that I'm not the only one who feels like this. As I remain and fester into something perhaps worse than what I started as, my impatience may choke me out before I get to the other side. But I'll try to wait. Learn patience in this parable that I've been either celestially or randomly placed in, waiting for the warmth of growth, for the heat blessed by movement, and for the escape of stagnation. Thank you.